This is One on One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With the top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One on One's NFL Friday. Here now are Mac Rosenberg and Mike Watts. Well, it's not quite Mac Rosenberg and Mike Watts, but uh, it is still you're, you're a back, post-Thanksgiving you're back. edition, uh, I guess so, of uh, of one-on-one's NFL Friday. Mac Rosenberg, half of Mac Rosenberg and Mike Watts are here. Kenny Ducey across the way. And uh, welcome in, folks, on WFUVsports.org and iTunes. Um, and, uh, of course, last night, Thanksgiving, a Friday afternoon today here at uh, at the station. And uh, Nick Legerfo pushing all the right buttons on the other side of the glass. A lot of stuff to talk about today. But first, Kenny, how was, uh, how was your turkey day? Well, I had a couple of Thanksgiving dinners. So the, the second <laughs> one came after the Jets game. I had to eat away my sorrows. Oh, okay. so, uh, I, had a nice... I was going to ask you if you had had enough turkey by the time the Jet game oh, started that you were I already was... asleep Oh, I was, and didn't, I have was to, didn't even have to watch we, the Jet game. We, but... now, we, now we were at one relative's house and the other, so we drove. Right. And on the drive, I fell asleep. I was out. I didn't know I was going to be able to make it through the Jets game. I had so much pumpkin cheesecake pie. You almost pie. wish you didn't at this point. I, oh, I, <laughs> I definitely wish I didn't. And I was so full. And the Jets, after that first half, all of a sudden my stomach opened up and I had a whole other plate of dinner. I was just eating away, eating away the pain. I didn't care to listen to Lenny Kravitz. But yeah, how, how was yeah. yours, Mac? It, it was good. Went to a family friend's house and uh, watched football. That's what you do on yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, do. We're going to talk about football now, and we will start with our weekly Jets report. Here's Joe Vitiello. And, of course, Joe Vitiello. In a must-win game on Thanksgiving night, the Jets' D came up big and shut out the Patriots. Well, at least for the first quarter. Then, the Turkeys allowed the Pats to score 35 in the second quarter, with 21 of those points coming in a 52-second span. Gangrene has been the butt of many jokes recently, but nothing tops Mark Sanchez fumbling after running into his offensive lineman's, well, rear end. If that wasn't bad enough, Patriots linebacker Steve Gregory picked up the loose ball and ran it in for the touchdown. Just when Jets fans thought it couldn't get any worse, after being hit on the ensuing kickoff, running back Joe McKnight coughed it up right into the hands of New England's wide receiver Julian Edelman. As you saw, or most likely could have guessed if you had ended your misery after the Sanchez miscue, Edelman took it in for the score. Dan Green was able to step up their game in the second half, outscoring New England 16-14 but it was way too little, way too late. The Jets now sit at 4-7 and seven with five games remaining on the schedule. Their chances of making the playoffs aren't looking too good, but Rex Ryan isn't ready to give up yet. I'll put it to you this way. I mean, we're, we're about as wounded as you possibly can, can be, but we're not dead. And I can tell you this, we will, we will give everything we have, every ounce of energy we have to get this thing going. And, and that's from a coaching standpoint, Every coach that I have, and uh, and players, and if not, then we'll make adjustments. If this team's not dead, they're certainly on life support. Even if by some miracle, <coughs> Tebow, <coughs> they're able to go five and zero, I still don't see them making the playoffs. I guess we just have to sit and wait, covering the. I'm Joe Vidiello, WFUV Sports. And thanks to Joe Vitiello with his weekly Jets report. Certainly not uh, a report that he probably wanted to be doing that's, this that's week. That's dad report was ridiculous. <laughs> the Jets, I thought you weren't listening to it. I, Jets, you had a... I, I, I threw the headset, but I put it back on. <laughs> the Jets, 
They're not on life support right now, okay? They have a great, I'm going to say it, they have a great shot of making the playoffs. Mac, they could make it at 8-8. Eight and eight. Right, okay, and I think it's worth worth noting, Kenny, that we should probably look at the schedule here. Yeah. Uh, you know, because honestly, how much can you really say about last night? I mean, I, well, I can say this, that I remember me and you did this show going into the first Jets-Patriots game of 2012, and I said the Jets had about a 5% chance of winning that game. And we it, was talked, more, it was more of like a, a, a 50 right, it'd be, 47 yeah, Right, right. And uh, then we talked again before uh, Thanksgiving this year, right. and uh, we knew that we were both doing the show. And, right. and I said, remember when I said the 5% chance yep. for the Jets last time, I'm going to move that down this game to 3 which was, of course, probably not correct. It was probably in the negatives at, at the end. Um you know, I mean, what can you say? Once Brady gets going, once they start, the Patriots are on a type of team where if you're down 28-7 to at halftime, you can come back. You cannot come back from that, and they were down by much more. It wasn't Tom Brady, though. It really, I mean, it was Tom Brady. It was just the Patriots in general. They're a type of team that, you know, if you're down to them big at halftime, you better pack it in. I mean, you're not one, winning the game. I mean, one, the Jets special teams has gone completely down the yeah. tubes. Okay, yeah. completely down the tubes. A lot of Jet mishaps coughing in this it up. game, yeah. The the, fu- the fumble there and and there are so many fumbles by the wide Sanchez receivers. Sanchez running in. I saw now that now that was the comical part of it. That, that was yeah. just that was atrocious and Chris, right. you know yeah. and and that was all Sanchez those seven yeah. points and like and I'm a Sanchez supporter and I was even saying during one time you know I would like to see Tim Tebow come into this game just because what the heck. But you look down the stretch, Mac, you don't need Tim Tebow. Because you saw Mark Sanchez, what he did against the Rams, and I'll respect your Rams fans, oh, yeah. they're no, not a very good I team, give the, I gave the Jets a lot of respect after that game. Yeah, you know, they, 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 they needed to win that game. They did. And everyone was saying, here's the Jets' season. The season's on the line. they got to win this game. They don't need to win this game. Michael Kay was on the ESPN radio, and I liked the way he put it. He said, this game flat out doesn't matter. It didn't matter. Because you, you knew you were going to lose to the Patriots. If you win, that's great. Yeah, but I just think it's the way that they lost, you know? Oh, I mean, they if, lost in a terrible way. If it was way. a closer game, I mean, I think that people would be taking more of the positives out of this game. But right, but just the way it happened, I mean, it just doesn't seem like this team get any lower at this point. Yeah. They have hit rock bottom. Can they, you agree to that? I mean, Yeah, no, I, I this agree. This is the rock I, bottom of their season. I agree with that, Mac. And you look at, at some of the some of the mishaps that defensively they let up a screen pass for I think it was Jay Shane Vereen. Yeah, yeah. What, what was it? Uh, it's, it's 83 yards, yeah, a yeah. screen pass. I mean, yeah, there I mean, were just so many r- ridiculous uh, errors defensively on special teams. And then Sanchez, yeah, he, he had that moment where he ran into the lineman, and they had a couple of times where they couldn't punch it in at the goal line. But I mean, there were certain times, Mac. Sanchez put the ball right on the money, right in the hand. First of all, there was a first down to Clyde Gates he dropped, but, like, you know, to Shillings, to Curley, right there, boom, the throw, he turns, runs upfield, fumbles the football, and, and, and you can't control that. You make a good point. I want to talk about the Jets' offense because this is something that all season, since, you know, since really Darrell Revis got injured and then Holmes gets injured, I mean, what kind of weapons does this team have on offense, Kenny? They just don't have it. Jeremy Curley, Dustin, I mean, when Dustin Keller's healthy, he, he is the, they were, they had a graphic in the game last night where the Jets are uh, three and three and one, I think, when he plays and one and three when they don't or when he doesn't or something like that. He is the best receiver on the team. That's a problem. Yeah, and, and, and I don't problem. even think he's that good either. Yeah, I mean, I, he's not, how good is he? I mean, there was a moment in that game, he, he could have come back for a ball and caught it for a touchdown and he just waited there yeah. and let the, but Anyway, continue. Steven, you know, Stephen Hill, Jeremy Curley. How good are these guys? I mean, they're they're really amateurs at best in this league, if you ask me. Well, they are. And again, Curley and Hill. You give them a couple years, I think they're going to be right. they're going to be good. But they're going to be good. At this point, they're you know third and fourth string on any other team, no, maybe I, except the Jaguars. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Though. No, and it's you can't 
get a rookie in there. You can't get a second the second year player in there and say, "Here are my one and two guys." You, right. you, it's just not going to work, you know. And, and even as good as Mark Sanchez, if he was good, I still don't think that this offense would be functioning. Maybe they are. Maybe they're five and six right now, and not four and seven. But I, I mean, you, you look at the the season, Mac. You look at the rest of the schedule, and we were talking about it before. You look at the schedule. Yeah, they are playing awful. Awful teams. And let, Arizona, Jacksonville, yeah. Tennessee, San Diego, Buffalo, and they're playing in an awful conference. And if you beat yeah. Buffalo, if you beat Buffalo, you have the tiebreaker over Buffalo and over Miami. Sandy, San Diego, you'd have it over them. T- Tennessee, you'd have it over them. And San Diego, I don't even know if they're in the hunt right now. You got Roethlisberger hurt. I mean, this whole AFC is in shambles, Mac. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned to me, you know, the teams that the that are in the hunt the other night. I, Right now, the teams to me that are in the hunt, the only teams that are in the hunt for the wild card are the Colts, Steelers, because they are obviously on right. top, and then the Bengals, yeah, the Chargers, Titans are are four and six, but let, they're yeah. not making the playoffs. Well, again, let, let's be real yeah. here; they're not making the playoffs. Um, you know, maybe the Jets only because of the schedule, uh, and you know, uh, the Jets are right now number twelve in the AFC. Uh, with with that yeah. with that loss last night, the teams ahead of them: Dolphins, Bills, Titans. All three of those, I put the Jets ahead of them, um, it, just because of the schedule. Just because right. of the schedule, the well, Chargers, that, the, the Chargers could be a problem. The Bengals could be a but, problem. But again, if they beat the Chargers and if they beat the Titans and they have the tiebreaker right. over, they're the Colts, playing a bunch of those teams that are ahead. Like, of them. and they're not they're not tough games. And you, have, we've seen this team look good t- in, yeah. against easy defenses. And right now, that's what you're going up against. I don't even like San Diego that much. Again, Cincinnati. I'll give them credit. They look good. Okay, they could get one a wild card spot. They other could. than that, the other spot is up for grabs. I could see the Bengals uh, getting in there over maybe the Steelers because the Steelers are in trouble without Big Ben. Oh, they absolutely. If are. they had Roethlisberger, they would be a wrap for that second wild card spot uh, for that first wild card spot. The Colts they they may fall out too because uh, looking at their schedule, they still have to play the Texans twice. Yeah. Okay, and they have to play the Lions as well. Not as we saw yesterday, and, no easy task. So again, I mean, I'm just trying to give Jets fans some hope here. Is yeah. you're you're feeling you're in the down in the dumps right now after that game and you look at your schedule and you could realistically make the playoffs at eight and eight that is just the type of year it is right now if you lose if you get if you lose the right game in there uh you know maybe you lose to arizona that would even be heartbreaking two losses in a row people would say the season's over then i could easily see this team winning four straight and be making the playoffs you never know i you know i said i would put the jets ahead of a few of those teams i, I don't know if i'd put them ahead of the bills i definitely would put them ahead of the dolphins uh, again it's, dolphins, it's all, all about that we dolphins still game. have to play the patriots twice they haven't played them yet but the bills yeah right it, it could come down to that week 17 game but we still have right now, as it stands, still have the Colts and the Steelers in those two wild card spots. Do you see? Do you see one of those teams falling out? I do. Yeah. I, if and, if and Roethlisberger hard, is out for a while, I I could see the Steelers out of it. I agree with you, and it's hard to tell too because the Colts they play inspiring football, but they're young, they're inexperienced. You yeah. Got, they could fall. They could go out. They could the, go on a losing streak. Kind of the same problem with the Jets with right. inexperienced receivers, but you have Luck there, so he's making it work. And then yeah. again, the Steelers. You mentioned it. They're hurt. Their running backs are hurt. You got Antonio Browns injured. I mean, there's so many yeah. problems with the Steelers too. What everyone's saying about the Colts is they have to put the Patriot game behind them. This is a young team that you know was doing very well before that Patriot game. You know, let's face it. Did they really believe that they were going to win that game? I mean, that they didn't have a shot to win that game because they were going into Foxborough, rookie quarterback. It wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Uh, they weren't ever in that game. They got to put it behind them because they have the Bills coming up this week at home, and then they got to go to Detroit. So I mean, it, you know, it doesn't get much easier, and they still have to play Houston twice. 
twice down the stretch. So the AFC wild card picture will be a very, very interesting one going down the stretch. The Jets aren't out of it. I personally, I personally think they won't make the playoffs because I think you look at the teams right now uh, that are in position. Colts, Steelers, and Bengals. I think two of those three are going to be the wild card. I'll tell you right now. I don't think the Chargers are going to so. sneak their way, and I don't think the Titans will do it. I don't think the Bills or Dolphins will do it, and I don't think the Jets are going it, to do it's, it. It's just about the strength I, of schedule. And look, you right. saw it two years ago too. You know what I mean? With the yeah. they and they even got to the AFC Championship game with a run like that. They yeah. won five of six. Steelers still got to play the Ravens again, but they got to play the Browns twice. So I mean, but if they don't have Big Ben, that's the big question with them. They it is. don't. We don't know how long Roethlisberger is going to be out. Batch is starting this week, and I. I would rather have Leftwich than Batch. Leftwich is hurt, yeah. so I mean they they could be in some big trouble. And, and I just and just real quick because I, I I have I have the feeling we're going to leave this topic soon. Yeah. And I yeah. just want to talk about real quick the last night's game. The blame has to go again on it has to go on Tannenbaum, has to go on Woody Johnson. Yeah. You look at yeah. Mark Sanchez last night, and he did have it the most embarrassing play of the season and the funniest play of the season and. Everyone was laughing, but right. you, you, can you realistically blame that game on Mark Sanchez? No, you not, can't. not at all. He threw for 301 yards. Special at, teams. At, at absolutely. Special Only 10 incompletions, not defense. bad. And again, it's just the turnovers, the turnovers, the turnovers. Yeah. Sanchez did not play a 26-36. That stat line is good. The running game was good. It was all just about the inexperience. Receivers dropping balls. So look back at this game and don't chant for Tebow just yet. Maybe look for Tebow to... Put put him at running back or something. I mean, I would like to see them deceive the defenses. That's the reason I say Tebow. But Sanchez right now working as the starter, and he he looked decent last night. And keep throwing him out there. I I, I won't blame the game on him, but I don't think Mark Sanchez is the answer quarterback for the Jets. I I, I think that he's proven this year that it, it it you know the Jets got to move on. I don't think Tebow's the answer. I don't think any he, of them are. That's the yeah, Tebow is certainly not no the answer, Tebow's certainly opinion. not the answer. Um, Tim Tebow has talent in the NFL. He will display that talent with someone else. He's got to get out of New York. I don't York. even know what position it, but somewhere. He's got to get out of New York. And, you know, I, I think Mark Sanchez does too, to be perfectly honest with you. I know he's, if Mark Sanchez he was... knows what it's like to be under the bright lights with, with, with USC and everything, but I just think that it, the time is up for him. I really do. I think if he played for the Browns, he'd be, he'd be contending for a Pro Bowl spot. All right, uh, yeah, that's, a small market I won't, team. Like I won't that. throw that you know out, I mean? or you know, a team, like or may, maybe a team like Oakland or Cincinnati. Yeah, you know? somewhere no pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah, or not as much at least. Yeah. Uh, I, I think. Yeah, I think his time in New York, believe it or not, is done. Um, I think you know, even with the three-year contract, though, in three well, more I mean, years. Do you obviously, think so? obviously, he's gonna he'll be here for at least one more year, probably. But I. I don't know. I just I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it for the rest of uh, his career in New York. I, I just don't. I just don't see it. I, I just don't see it. I mean, he's he 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 does make mistakes, Kenny. Let, let's let's be real. I Absolutely. mean, yeah, you can't blame last night's game on him, but he's just hasn't been able to take that next step this year. Which is, you know, this is the year that everybody was saying he's got to do yeah, it. He's got to do it this year. I don't. I don't think he's done it with these receivers with Matt Slauson with a running game that's right. only been good for the last four games. He doesn't have Come the on. weapons, but. You know, I and I hate to do this. I hate to to do what I'm about to do, but you know, who did Tom Brady really have in New England those first I, couple uh, of years? A Pro Bowl caliber offensive line. Yeah, well, yeah, the Jets Brady, have a good offensive Tom line Brady's too. Terrible. Tom, and, and that's why Sanchez played well last night. Tom Brady is terrible under pressure. Awful. Okay, but I'm, he didn't I'm, have pressure. Right, but I'm saying he just got to stand back you there said, and sling. You said weapons, right? That the Jets don't have much. I mean, who, what was his name? Dan, Daniel. Daniel uh, Graham or what you know like uh, Tro- Troy Brown. I'll give you Troy Brown with the Patriots. I mean, look, but really, and again, who did they have? He's on a different level than Sanchez. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's a good exactly. thrower, but I mean, again, it he, turned out that he's Seth very Brady he's very was a diamond in the rough. Sanchez is just not as good. 
He's fragile, but he gets rid of the ball. If you let a guy stand back there, he's going to be able to make a throw. If he's waiting for five seconds, someone get open. It's just a matter of time before his skills develop into elite skills, and he's an elite thrower, and he's the elite at accuracy, and that's exactly what Tom Brady does. He just he's, he can pin, right. pinpoint accuracy with him. Sanchez and, is not. I just don't think he is. And for most of his career, he's been under pressure a lot, and he's not had a good running game. Ten well, interceptions. True, you can't blame it all on the offensive line. I mean, you can't do that. He's, well, I, I, he's I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. But because of, because the last half of the season, if you look at what we week twelve now, the last six weeks. The offensive line has been great, and that's why Sanchez, he hasn't played that badly. I mean, he's played he maybe one bad game in there, but look, the running game's been good, and Sanchez has been good, and that's no coincidence. The offensive line has been playing well. It's really just these receivers now. They have to step up, and Keller uh, K- Keller was stepped up a little bit last night. Curley's starting to make something happen, but again, you saw him fumble the football. It's just no short bet with, with this whole offense. There's, they, there's something missing. They need some veteran to kind of get things rolling. Yeah, and that, I mean... I like Could have been T.O. I'd like to think that they'd have a better record if they still had Holmes, but I, I won't even go that far. I think they would have. They, they probably would have. They probably would have beaten the Seahawks with Holmes. I mean, look, but again, we were talking about that run they made back three years ago, it was now, when they went to the AFC Championship game for the first time. You had Holmes. How many game-winning catches did that guy have? I mean, he's clutch. He is. Yeah, he's very clutch. He was player, very clutch. They could use somebody like him. And, you know, and Sanchez, he didn't have a turnover against uh, St. Louis. So, that I mean, that was a big deal as well. That was a big deal as well. Um, all right, let's uh, let's shift gears now and let's get to the New York Football Giants, who have a quite a big game coming up uh, this coming Sunday. Let's talk some Giants. And Eric Malo, all the way from San Francisco, with his weekly Giants report. Let's hope the bye to the Giants is good, because boy, did they need it. New York sits at 6-4 atop the NFC East with a one-game lead over the Cowboys, who were just pummeled on Turkey Day. The G-Men probably needed two weeks to prepare for this Sunday's matchup as the first-place Packers head to New Jersey. After last year's playoff defeat, the Packers are hungry, and Giants head coach Tom Coughlin knows it. They're playing very well. They, uh, they put themselves in position where they address, as everyone does, uh, but I think you can recognize this, who they're playing, how they're going to play, how they're approaching the game, uh, etc. Green Bay's been hot, and with Aaron Rodgers getting his stroke back, along with the emergencies of wide receivers James Jones and Randall Cobb, the Giants need to be on their toes. Cornerback Corey Webster has not played like the number one corner the Giants know he can be, and the team's all-pro pass rush still seems to disappear when it counts most. What do the Giants have to do to halt their two-game skid? Well, Eli Manning needs to get back into a rhythm. He continues to deny his arm is tired, and that's fine, but he has to prove it on Sunday night. The G-Men also ranked 16th in the NFL in allowing opponent third-down conversions. This, after they ranked second in the league in third-down sacks in 2011. Their third-down defense has to improve. Even after two weeks, I don't think the Giants have enough in them to beat Green Bay. These last six games will be telling, but I don't think this is the week where they stop the bleeding. My prediction, Green Bay 31, Giants 16. It'll make December a bit more interesting. Covering the Giants, I'm Eric Malo, WFUV Sports. And Eric, 
with his weekly Giants report all the way in San Francisco covering the Fordham women's basketball Incredible. team for WFDB. Very good job there. Um, and a very realistic prediction from Eric, uh, and he's right. If the Giants can't find a way to win this game, December will become wild, as it as it has been you know, for the last few years for the Giants. Um, it's funny. Who has more interceptions this year, Eli Manning or Mark Sanchez? I'm going to say Eli Manning. Yeah, by one, which is very interesting. They both Crazy. have the same amount of touchdowns. I don't know what Eli Manning's been doing this year, but he's just, he just, I don't know. He, he had, to start to the year, he was really very, very good. And then last few games, he, I go back to the Redskin game where, you know, you had to come back, yeah. and he did. But still, I mean, that that, that game that, really started that was... this, this downward trend for him. Uh, he's got a quarterback rating of 81, 82, actually, this year. 12 touchdowns, 11 picks. Now, let me just say something, Mac. The whole conversation about about the Giants this week, among the Giants fans, among the reporters, it's, look, Eli Manning, he took a week off. He hasn't been himself. He needs to get back, okay? You look at this Green Bay defense. Now, they don't have Clay Matthews, presumably. They are tough. They're not that tough, but they're tough enough, I feel like, where Eli Manning is going to be flustered. He's going to need to step up. He's going to be pressured. And he's going to have a little bit of a tough time. You know what I mean? It's it's not going to be easy for Eli. No. I don't buy at all this dead arm theory. This dead arm, that, that's BS, Mac. Because quarterbacks and Eli, they're he, Eli's a veteran. He knows what a season does to your arm. Quarterbacks can last a full season like this. I mean, what, do you see Phil Rivers complaining about yeah. dead arm? Is as long he, as you're not Michael Vick. Is his velocity Vick. down? As long as you're not Michael Vick, you can last a full season. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Is it's It's just... I'm not saying there's a reason. You need an excuse for Eli. You need to make an excuse for this guy because you've called him elite. Now that you're he's on, your leader. Now that he's on the pedestal, if exactly. anything bad happens, there's automatic excuses. There needs to be some sort of excuse for Eli's performance right. because it's not like him to perform right. like this. Right. I'll, but the fact I'll buy matter, that. But the fact of the matter is it's not the dead arm. That's that's ridiculous. Right. Whatever it is, I mean. There's, his arm is feeling fine. The week off, okay, maybe. Obviously it helps. I mean, maybe it's, yeah, it'll, it's, it does more good than bad. Right. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, is that really what's hindering his performance? No, I think it's it's Akeem Nix. Akeem Nix has not been Akeem Nix. And now we're starting to see how important this guy is. I've always said that this guy, he's the clear-cut number one on this team. And I've always said he's one of the most integral parts in this lineup. Victor Cruz can't do it all himself. You're seeing it. Because yeah. Nix, he's not getting open. He's just not. He's not a hundred percent yet. No, I don't. He, he hasn't been hundred percent all he year. He needs to have a good game if the if the Giants want to win. Eli has thrown two, three, four, six of his uh, eleven interceptions in the last four games. And you go back to that Washington game. And the Dallas game was awful on offense. Sure, they won that game, and then it finally came back to get them against Pittsburgh and Cincinnati Giants. Um, but with those two AFC. North games uh, that really did him in, and now they got to you know they, they're home again, got to face the Packers. Never easy. They faced them a couple times, few times in the last few years, and well, Aaron Rodgers is just having just having another season. I mean, just another season for Aaron Rodgers. Twenty seven touchdowns, six interceptions. Too, yeah, again, I, I, you can't blame him either. You can't blame him because um, you know uh, you know remember last year what happened, and uh, you know that that. That gives Aaron Rodgers just a little, just that much more fuel, which is all he needs. I mean, he's just having some kind of year again. I mean, he, he's just becoming, becoming one of the greatest of all time before our very eyes. And look at this red zone comparison I was reading up on. 
Aaron Rodgers in the red zone this year at 96.6 total QBR, 16 touchdowns, no picks, completed 67% of his passes. Manning, 47.7 QBR, 7 touchdowns to 1 pick. He's only completed 42.9% of his red zone passes. That's just that's the difference right there. And yes, Lawrence Tynes, he's automatic. I've gotten in so many arguments with how Lo- I don't think Lawrence Tynes is a good kicker because he can't kick outside 50 yards. Yeah, he's, he's that's just not his range. He's steady Eddie inside 50, and I'll give him all credit for that. But the, the, maybe this is the reason why he's he's you know having so many field goals this year. But look, I mean, yeah. Eli, he's not punching it in on that aspect. And then down the field, Mac, his first seven games, he, he had six touchdowns and three interceptions on passing more than 10 yards downfield and. Completed 56% of those passes. Now, his last three games, three picks, only 30% completion rate. He's losing it a little bit, clearly. The numbers are showing it, and he's got to make those big throws. Uh, more than 10 yards downfield, that's a big play to cruise, usually. Uh, maybe even a Reuben Randall in the red zone. you got to punch that ball in if you're Eli Manning. And, you know, because the running game right now, you have Andre Brown, but he's you know he's been had battled no. concussion problems. Bradshaw's and, still not completely healthy, exactly. but he's been playing. And David Wilson, you know, he's he said he's like a contraceptive, effective ninety nine point nine percent of the time, but not in the red zone clearly. So you need Eli to make those throws. That, why don't they throw the back shoulder fade? Why don't they show that th- throw that end zone fade to Hakeem Nicks? That I mean, that's his signature play. Yeah, but he I mean, just and, hasn't. And has not been healthy for he's, this team. He's this the year. same build as Burris almost. Why not yeah. throw it to Knicks? Just and it, it. It's worked before with him. Yeah. Eli knows how to throw that ball. You want to talk about weapons. Uh, there's no shortage of them on the Packers. Jordy Nelson. How about Randall Cobb? Where does he come he's from? Sta- I did not. I, he had a great start to the season. I didn't expect it to last. I was completely wrong. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven players, seven receivers on this team have caught touchdowns. That's pretty solid. And a few of them uh, have. Over five, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, James Jones, too, another guy. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is just doing some crazy things with this team. They don't have a running game. They have no running game. They had Cedric Benson, who got hurt for the year. Now they have Alex Green. Well, they got Dan, they're, they're, This is another thing to watch for. James Starks. James Starks. He's getting more carries. Yeah. He's an experienced back. I think he could have a good game against the Giants. Yeah, I mean, they. I mean, let's be honest. The Packers are not a running team by any means, but uh, they have been able to get by. And that's really yeah. what the definition of this team has been. It was the definition of this team, excuse me, two years ago when they won it all. Uh, they were not a running football team. They were a... Uh, a, uh, a a running up the score, you know, def- more defensive type team, um, and you know the defense is solid this year. I mean, they are the Green Bay Packers. I mean, they're not going to be; they're never easy to beat. And, and you know what? The crazy part about it is, Greg Jennings isn't on the field, Mac, and he's right. still slinging this ball. And he's Jen- got he's got people. Scott Jennings people. is questionable for the game. He was upgraded from doubtful. He's been practicing Talk a little bit. Talk about another guy. He had surgery. I believe he did have surgery this year. Could you uh, imagine if this guy comes in for this for this Giants game? Yeah. How bad it could be for the Giants. Uh, I mean, and their secondary is banged up right now. He, uh, uh, excuse me, Aaron Rodgers going to pick the Giants secondary apart. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's 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 not going to be easy. The Giants, another issue for them, like you said, is the secondary. And, um, you know, people say that. As long as the D line is good, I mean the, the Giants will be good, and I I kind of agree with that, you know. And they've been having troubles all year. They, I mean, you know, and it's to me. You remember Entrell Roll before the 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 uh, Bengals game saying, you know, that with you know him and AJ Green jawing at each other, uh, you know, go out there and prove it them. And he couldn't. AJ Green, you remember on the on the first drive yeah. of that game, went uh, seventy plus yards. So it, it's it will be by no means an easy task for the Giants. 
what would you say is the X factor for the Giants in this game? For, for for them for them on on we'll, we'll do offense and defense. Well, the defensive line, uh, you know, absolutely. Yeah. The, the quarterbacks have been limited to a sixty point seven QBR when they rush five or more people. Look, they they need to get the blitz on Aaron Rodgers. The defensive line, Mac, has been how they win Super Bowls. They've won Super Bowls on this defensive line, pressuring Tom Brady. And you need to pressure Aaron Rodgers. You need to make him force balls in there, throw, make bad decisions. And that's how you're going to win the game against Aaron Rodgers and shut down this offense. Offensively, like I said at the beginning, it's Eli Manning. He has not been there. He's not been the same Manning. You need him to return to what some Giants fans call elite status. I'll take the Sims route and, and say I don't know if I agree with that necessarily. He needs to be elite. If, I, don't know how, I, don't, I don't know how to pronounce that. I know how to write it. But he needs to do well in, in this game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, he's got to... You know, be able to come come up big and, uh, and and have a great game. This team is ninth in the league in passing offense, and they have to show it. Um, and you know, defensively, it's it's all about this. I just I still think it's secondary. You know what you're going to get with the rush defense. Um, in terms of the passing defense, 25th in the league. They give up only uh, almost excuse me 260 yards through the air, and that is what Aaron Rodgers lives off of. So that I think key is going to be stopping Aaron Rodgers. However, you do it. If you do it through the D line, if you do it through sacking him nine times like the Seahawks did, then then yeah, so be I, it. It's not going to be a secondary. I'm going to tell you that much right now. They're yeah. not going to they're not going to pick off Aaron Rodgers just based on great coverage. Yeah, no, it probably uh, it probably won't be um, the the secondary. Secondary has just had major major holes uh, in this game. All right, let's get to a prediction on this one. What do you got? I'm going to take the Malo train here. He predicted Packers, I think, 31, Giants, 20-something. I'm going to say the Packers take this one, uh, I'll say 38 to 28. I'm going to say 10-point win. Okay. Yeah, I think the Packers will definitely win. Um, yeah, I think it'll be another big scoring game for the Packers. I'll go 35-20. So I'll say two-possession game. And, uh, all right, we'll see what happens there. Nick... Big Giants fan over over on the other side of the glass takes his Giants, and Nick has a knack for knowing when the Giants will win. I mean, I remember the Eagle game. Everybody had the Giants. Everybody had the Giants. Nick picked the Eagles, and we remember what happened there. Yeah, well, well, I mean, everybody picked the Giants against the Steelers except for this guy over here. Oh Steelers, yeah, okay. I, well, I wasn't. I, I, got, I, I nailed that one. If I was here for that, I would definitely. It was great. Too, I'll give you credit for that. M- Mike made us. He was like, "Save this tape. We're gonna play it back on the next show. We're <laughs> all gonna laugh at you." And it was the only pick I got right all week. Yeah, not a lot of people <laughs> thought uh, the, the Giants would lose to the Steelers. Um, yeah. All right. So Nick picks the uh, Giants. Julian also picks the Giants. So me and you and Malo taking the Packers. Two producers taking the Giants. I want to know real quick before we move on, Mac. Yeah. Washington, New Orleans, Atlanta, and Baltimore. How many of those games do the Giants win? Right. I don't think. I a... think they could win one, maybe two. I the way they're playing right now. I think that is beat, tough. They'll beat the Redskins on Monday night. I think so too. But come on, New Orleans, Atlanta, Baltimore—maybe the three best teams there in football. There is no way. Maybe there is no way they they beat Baltimore. Absolutely. I don't think so. Yeah. In Baltimore, with the way the Ravens are playing, I, I don't think they'll they'll win that. Atlanta game. one loss. New they'll, Orleans. Look at Breeze; he's been playing out of his mind. Nick thinks they're going to beat Atlanta. We're getting ahead of ourselves here, but I think uh, final five weeks after Green Bay, what's their record going to be? I'll go. I'm not going to say tell you who where the wins are going to be, but one win, two wins, three. I'll go. Th- 
It's gonna be it's gonna it's be a three tough and two. Finish, man. I'm gonna so I'm gonna say three and two. So seven or uh, not nine and six we're, or nine and seven we're we're predicting here. Is that what? Yes. You're, yep. A season finish. All right. Yeah. I, yeah. I I could see them definitely. So going presumably. Nine and seven. The Jets and the Giants could finish at the same. Record. It's not going to happen. The Jets are not winning out. There's no it's, way the Jets are going to win out. It's possible. It's possible. Going to be very, very, very hard for that to They've happen. They've done crazier things. They, I guess so. Um, all right, about the we'll, Jets, we'll, we'll we'll agree on that. Let's uh, let's move on now. To some general NFL. And before we get to looking ahead at this Sunday's games, let's talk some more about what we saw last night. Um, some very inter- Well, yesterday I should say some very interesting games. Um, I guess we'll talk about the early game first. Uh, looked like the Texans and the Lions were <laughs> getting close to a tie there at the end. Oh, I thought We've so. seen some crazy overtime games these last few weeks. It all started with my team tying, and then we had three of them, I believe, last week. Texans were one of them, and then they play another overtime game. How about ten quarters in like four or five days for Houston, and now they get to rest finally. <laughs> It was unbelievable, unbelievable. man. And yeah. then the, the field goals, they missed them. And I, I think it was the sequence. There were two missed field goals, one punt, uh, an interception, and a, what was it, a turnover on downs or something? I mean, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. It was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, there were there were turnovers aplenty in that overtime. But a couple of guys named Johnson went off yesterday. Andre Johnson, Calvin Johnson proving they are among the uh, NFL's best. Fantasy heroes. I had yeah. Andre and I had Matt Stafford, and that got me 43 points before I ate. That was, that was a good gift yeah. for Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know, it really looked like the way the Lions were playing, man. They were they were really coming out slinging. I thought they were going to win this game I really, yeah. I did think that they were going to win. Um, going into the game, I did like Houston to win the game, but then the way that the Lions were playing, man, they were just really, you know, and Stafford was, was, not, was not making – too he, many mistakes in this he game. He was on point yesterday. Yeah, he really was on point. 441 yards. He's the kind of guy, I actually compared him to Mark Sanchez in this. He will show major flashes of brilliance, but they last a lot longer than Sanchez's do. And then it's he'll just he'll very just, much more brilliant than Mark Sanchez. Exactly. And then you he'll can't compare these guys. And then he'll just make a dumb mistake. He has made some he dumb, makes mistakes. dumb mistakes. Uh, but he's got he's, the best arm. He's got the best arm in football. In I, my I would going downfield. I and, would certainly not disagree with that. Uh, and the next game, you never know. Dallas is a crapshoot at this point. You do not know what you're going to get from the Dallas Cowboys at home on Thanksgiving. You figure, how could they lose this game? Right? Uh, that's what I was saying, man. I was, and then RG three, RG three comes out, and you know what, man, Tony Romo. Not only is he not elite, he is the farthest thing from good. I, I believe. I just, oh, I, I do not on. see yeah, it. But, but I don't see but, it at all. 441, he did have three 441. touchdowns, oh, two, 62 two times. Yeah, Stafford threw 60. Oh, he did play in overtime, but right. come on. He only had, it's not like he threw four interceptions. I, I mean, the guy, not, you can't say the guy is the farthest thing from good. I mean, look at their running thing game. From elite. Felix Jones, he carried six times for 14 yards. <laughs> That's pretty you bad. can't give him six times and expect the quarterback to be efficient. Then they know the pass is coming. Uh, it's. Look, you know this. Ro- I'm not gonna say here. I'm not gonna say to say Romo's good or, or not, he. He. I think he is good. I'm not gonna say he's very good. I'm not gonna say he's top ten in the league. But you can't say the guy is the farthest thing from good when he farthest thing from elite. Now that's my. That's what I meant. Farthest thing from elite. Uh, I don't, I'm just I don't not buying so. him. Mark I'm Sanchez just... is the farthest thing from elite. All right. Okay. All right. All right. I'll I'll I'll, I'll take you on that one. Um, RG three four touchdowns in this game. Major accuracy. He didn't twenty for twenty eight. Yeah, twenty for twenty eight. I mean, that's pretty solid. Um, and they have a running game too, which is which makes this team gives this team another dimension. You love to talk about the running game. Yeah, I, I you do. Love him. I do like the running game. Alfred Morris uh, is on my fantasy team, so I got to reap his 
his good stuff last night. And uh, you know, you know, our, this team can do a lot of stuff on offense. That, that that they really can. I mean, that was the question mark coming into the year. Their defense was solid. We weren't sure if RG three could could do it as a rookie. What can you know? It was uncertain. Him and Luck. We weren't sure. And they're both. They're both really uh, having a great season. It's it's great to watch rookie quarterbacks awesome. these days, and and they they have such a bright future in the league too. I mean, they're going to yeah. be around for a very long time. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, it was it's so fun watching RG three yeah. play the, his athleticism. And I will sit here and admit that I was I was lower than the ground could go on, on RG three coming into the year. Really? I was not not high on him at all. I looked at him as another Vic, same same stature. They do the same types really? of things. And I, I'm still, I'm, I'm still gonna say this. I mean, I am as much as surprised and, ha- and as happy as I am for RG three. You know, and he had a concussion already this year. He's one or two hits away, possibly from a from, Maybe. from a big problem. I mean, I, it could, it definitely could yeah. happen. I mean, but, but you look at the the breed of quarterback coming in, Mac. You look at Jake Locker, Christian Ponder, RG three, right. Luck can run. All these guys can run. Yeah, so but it's... I see you put you. I would put Jake Locker, Christian Ponder, you know, well, no, Colin no, no, no. Kaepernick, pa- even Ponder. In a different group than RG three. Locker's and not RG three crazy, but Locker has wheels too. Locker, no, I understand Locker that. Can but make people miss. The difference to me is those guys do not drop back with an intent to run. Sure, they can do it if they uh, need to. Does. Jake, they can, I watched Jake Locker play. Is Jake Locker gonna you know gonna have a, a problem in his career because uh, he gets hit running the ball? I just don't. He injured see his shoulder it. twice. I just I just well, I just don't see it. I just see it more for. For a guy like RG three, I don't know. I mean, RG three. It could happen, I suppose. Be, I mean, it, it's just. I guess RG three is seen as the more it, it, maybe you know mobile. prototypical mobile quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he just is more like that. He's more of a guy who's going to drop back. He has seventy five yard touchdown run this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and it's scary. It's it's scary because he's got the same build as Michael Vick. He's not big. He's not Cam Newton. So that that's but he's got a he's got a heck of an arm. Oh, he what does. I'm just watching this this the highlights here, man. He man does he have an arm. He does. And that, that was a fun game to watch. I mean, yeah. I was I was busy, you know, deep frying the turkey during this one, but I I caught I caught pieces and yeah. He, did he, you by any chance see the Garcon touchdown? Well, I first, did not. I did the, not. The catch was was out of this world. He he reached over and kind of did a 360 to catch that, and then he he took it to the house. Mike Jenkins came up from behind and try to find the highlight on your computer because. What Mike Jenkins did, I don't know if Nick saw it, was just the definition of dirty. It was just disgusting to watch what Mike Jenkins did to Pierre Garcon as he was going into the end zone. Uh, he he, they were jawing a little bit, and then Jenkins threw him down to the ground, which I just I, I was I almost almost started yelling at the television when I saw it. See if you can find that. But anyway, let's move on now. Let's get into our uh, week uh, rest of week twelve here. And uh, Nick Legerfo coming up with some solid questions here, our producer on the other side. First question, are the Bears, let's talk about the Bears now, are they pretenders or will they bounce back? And then, you know, the question that leads out of that, who's going to win the NFC Come North? On, how could you call these team, how could you call the team pretenders? How can you call them? They have an elite defense. People are comparing this to historical defenses in time. Now, I'm not going to do that. But they have a great, great, great defense. Jay, yeah. Jay Cutler's been playing very well this year. He's got Brandon Marshall with him. Well, Cutler, That's a Cutler duo is, that, is still hurting. Yeah, but uh, come on. He's going to be out for maybe one more game. I think he, pra- I think he might have practiced this week. He's, gonna be, he, he's not going to be out for that long. Jason he did Camp- practice. And, not fully cleared, but he did practice. Right. And oh my, Jason Campbell, you can't expect him to win the no, game for you. Not you, at all. you look at the standings here, you got Green Bay. You know, can they win the NFC North? Yes. 
Will they? I'm not sure because I, I really like Green Bay going forward. They've really bounced back in a big way Absolutely. after some of the disappointing, disappointing losses. But come on, look at down the schedule for the Bears. You've got Minnesota twice, win- winnable games, Seattle, Arizona, and then you got Detroit and Green Bay. Detroit's Week 17, Green Bay Week 15. Those are the two tough ones. But other than yep. that, a lot of winnable games for the Bears. And then the, the Packers, you know, who they play? It's the Giants. And I, I mean, again, we predict. I predicted that they would mm-hmm. win that game. But Minnesota, Detroit, It'd be a pretty big win for the Packers if they do do it. I, both teams really have similar schedules, in yeah. my opinion. So it, it and they both have down. the same record right now. Um, Be- Bears are going to make the playoffs, though. I think. I think that goes without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they definitely will make the playoffs unless unless the Redskins sneak up in that uh, in that NFC East. I doubt it, though. Yeah, seven and three. Uh, yeah, I think that the Bears should should have uh, easily uh, a playoff spot, but I don't think they're going to win that division. I, I don't like the Bears. I, I I didn't like them at all coming into the year. I have I have friends who are who really love the Bears coming, and they weren't Bears fans, but they just were so high on them. And you know, I just I'm still missing something with Jay Cutler. I think I think I think his ability his ability to come back from these hits is he's got none. I mean, that's his problem. I, that I believe is his problem. I mean. He, what if you know? What fine. if Aaron Rodgers got hit like that, or you know, even Peyton Manning? I just would they. You think they'd be out for an extended period like this? I think they'd be no. able to battle back and stay. And Philip Rivers even comes to mind. I mean, Rodgers had that that concussion problem or the, yeah. the head problem, and he he came back. I'm fine. just yeah. I'm just not feeling Jay Cutler. That's my problem. Um, well, why, why do you like Jay Cutler? I don't know. I just I've never liked he doesn't him. Like... I mean, he 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 seems like he's he's very hot and cold to me. I mean, he he's got a solid arm, but. Even when he's got weapons, I just don't feel like he's been able to connect very well. He always and he he he, he he's uh, had problems with his offensive line. Remember the game against the Packers uh, in the beginning of the year? He, mm-hmm. he had a huge problem. He you know got on their case. I just don't feel like he's all uh, you know all team player. You know I, I just don't get that that sense with him. And you know even the talent level, I I just don't I just don't think it's quite up to snuff right now. I, I just I like Marshall in that lineup. Right. That's the only reason. That's and Forte. I love Forte. Forte. Yeah, and then you got a veteran like Earl Bennett in there. Sure, sure. Michael Bush played with Cutler at Vanderbilt. And of course, a great great defense, one of the best in the league. Listen, right now, so. you know I, I I also host one on one. You host one on one here. I'm at hosting one on one tomorrow. In fact, he is. Uh, tune into that at one o'clock um, here on that's FUV ninety point seven, of course, but. You know, when I did the show over the summer, we were talking obviously about the Yankees because we're in New York. We talk baseball, right, right. and we had a caller call in and tell, and he told me this: offense and hitting wins divisions, right, and wins pennant races. Pitching and defense wins World Series, and you know, and that could prove to be very significant for the Chicago Bears because they have, you know, their offense. It, it's inconsistent. I, I'll be honest; it's it, it's inconsistent at times. They they've had great games. They've had you know not not so great games and mm-hmm. they may win this division um but i don't think they're going to win the division because of their offense is is not good enough they could go far in the playoffs because of their defense defense in the nfl holds true as does defense in baseball i believe that defense could could get this team to a championship game just, just you just you're just scared when you look at some of these players if you're going yeah. up against lance briggs Charles Tillman, yep. Brian Urlacher, Tim Jennings, the list goes on. Julius Peppers. Yeah. I mean, so, so. Oh, Peppers on the D-line. So many, so many yeah. weapons on this defense. You got to be scared. And and, and Nick LaGerfo comes to my ear and tells me exactly what uh, what, what what I was going to say is that they gave up <laughs> they gave up 32 points to the Niners. So, you know, they're going to have off games. And that was not even Alex Suss, Colin Kaepernick. Um, all right, let's move on. And and Houston and Houston the week before. Let's uh, let's move on here. And well, a great segue. Who should start for the Forty ers this week? Kaepernick, baby. 
you know what? Listen, you have a starting quarterback who has done what Alex Smith has done, right? Gets hurt midway through the season. If you're a head coach, I mean, what kind of message are you sending to the rest of the team if you don't start the player that has done all of this for you when he's healthy again? I if he wasn't healthy, that's the thing. I don't think he's healthy. You don't think he's healthy. I don't okay. think he's healthy. I don't. Need, I don't think so. I, and you look what Colin Kaepernick did last week, and I said it on this show. I said Colin game, Kaepernick. I, mean, I said is, is Colin Kaepernick's going to have a great, great game, and he did. And he's Alex, a, he's Al- talented. Is he? Is he? Is, should he be the starter for the rest of the year? Absolutely not. Is yeah. this a Tim Tebow situation? Absolutely not. There's no controversy. I'm not calling for this guy to start. I'm saying it right now, why not? You got Alex Smith. Okay, he's a little banged up. He's probably still a little bit in the daze. He had to throw a touchdown pass with blurry vision during that game uh, that, that he got hurt. They are okay. facing a Saints defense that's been awful against the uh, run. Right. And we know Kaepernick can run it. We know Gore can Gore, run it. Gore, exactly. And look, you're 7 and 2 and, and 1. 7 and, and 2 one. and 1. Okay? You got the Rams coming up. You got the Dolphins. You got the, the Patriots tough. But then you got Seattle and Arizona. It's not like you are pressured right now. I would still start Alex Smith. Well, why not just let the guy rest another game? I, I mean, I just don't know. He's been cleared to play. Concussions, though, they get they get tested. All right, uh, maybe one more game of the max, and then you've got to go back to the, I, I to the bread and butter, the guy that has done it for you. I just figure, I figure, why not? Why not make sure this guy is his head is screwed on a, a completely straight for the playoffs? You got an easy schedule ahead. They'll have a nice time, you know, warming up for the playoffs. You'll have them hopefully 100%. I, I don't know why you don't start Kaepernick. All right, maybe one more game. All right, let's, I'd say one. That's what I'm saying. One let's more. move on. Uh, one more storyline. We'll get to the fantasy report with Steve Seminary. Uh, are the Texans the best in the AFC? Uh, I mean, who, who would you Who's say is better? better? Yeah, that's better. what I'm saying. I mean, the Texans, they have that, everything. Especially proving, you know, Thanksgiving on the road, coming back. Maybe the Ravens. They, maybe the Ravens. But even then, though, I probably they don't, still they take don't the Texans. Have, they don't have Ray Lewis. They don't have um, uh, Ladarius Webb. Texans have the complete package right they now. They do. They have everything, man. They have. That, look at that defense. Do they miss Mario Williams at all? Absolutely not. They don't care about Mario Williams. They have J.J. Watt. You know, they have they, they have oh, Jonathan a, wow. Joseph. What, they a have man, what a menace, J.J. Watt Cushing. is. Cushing. They have, they have so well, many. Cushing's out for the year. Right, that's right. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, against the Jets, too. I should know that. They, uh, yeah, I mean, they have so many players on that team, Mac, and, and then you got Schaub, who's throwing very well. You got Andre Johnson, elite wide receiver, yeah. one of the best in the league. Week, week fourteen, Foster. Monday Night Football, Texans are in New England. Ah, that's gonna that be, is going to be a great game. I, I think the Patriots the could pose a threat. Ready. I think Tom Brady. We saw what happened. We saw what Calvin Johnson did yesterday. Uh, but but one of you ever said, pay, yeah, I mean, one of you ever said Tom Brady's not going to pose a threat. Right. <laughs> but now that Jonathan Joseph is out for the Texans, well, I, we don't know if he'll be back by then. But see, yeah. Texans took some hits this year on defense. You can't lie about that, but they are 10-1. and one. All right, let's talk some fantasy football. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the top pickups of the week? Plus start them or sit them to help you win your league. And, of course, as we do every week, bringing in Steve Seminary on the phone uh, today, still recovering from Thanksgiving. Steve, how you doing, bud? What's going on, guys? Happy holidays. Hope you guys all had a good one. Yeah, you too. Yeah, you I too, did. Steve. Not, uh, not the Jets, though, no, with the exception of the Jets. Not the Jets. Everyone. Not definitely yeah. not the Jets. Yeah, let's not get into, let's get into some fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Steve. What do you, What do you have for us this week? I guess you could start uh, with some stardom, sit him at uh, at quarterback. 
Well, I see you guys are talking about Colin Kaepernick a little bit, and last week I said to stay away from Kaepernick against the Bears defense, and he had a Monday night performance to remember. So now I say get him in your lineup as the 49ers are playing a weak Saints secondary, and he will once again be starting in place of Alex Smith, like you guys said earlier, I'm sure. The Saints have allowed seven quarterbacks to pass for at least 300 yards and seven to score multiple touchdowns. So I'm buying into Kaepernick this week. And another young quarterback I'm buying into this week is Andrew Luck once again. I like Andrew Luck against the Bills this week. He's been great at home, averaging 25.6 fantasy points in five games there. And Buffalo has allowed multiple touchdowns to six quarterbacks. So I expect another solid outing from Luck and Kaepernick. Now how about a quarterback, some guys maybe with a less than favorable matchup you're going to want to keep on your bench? I know Mac's not going to like this one, but I don't like Sam Bradford this week. In Arizona. I don't like Sam Bradford either. Okay. <laughs> in week five against the Cardinals, he passed for 141 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception, but only completed seven of 21 passes. Arizona may not have a good team, but their defense is solid, and Bradford at this point is just a, is just a borderline fantasy option in a two-quarterback league. Also, another quarterback I don't like this week, and one that's been frustrating fantasy owners all year long, is Phillip Rivers. Despite having at least two touchdown passes in six of his past seven games, he has just two games with more than 18 fantasy points over that span because of the amount of interceptions he's thrown. This week, his Chargers played the Ravens, and I expect another disaster from Rivers. All right, Steve, uh, let's see what else we got here as far as uh, quarterbacks are concerned. Um, you saw, You talked about luck in that game, and I personally think that could be a shootout-type game because it's in a dome, Buffalo... We know Ryan Fitzpatrick can throw the ball, uh, but I want to talk about the running backs for the Bills because I have Fred Jackson, as we get into the running backs here, um, I have Fred Jackson. I know Spiller will start, but Jackson is coming back from a concussion. What what do you know about him, and uh, what, what type of impact do you think he can have in this game? Well, C.J. Spiller has been getting back involved since he's come back from injury the last few weeks, and I think, once again, that Buffalo scenario with the running backs, they have two good running backs in Jackson and Spiller, so... It's tough to buy into one of them because they got to share the carries at some point, and uh, I'm not a big fan of either because because of that. And sharing the sharing the load is obviously going to hinder both of their performances. So I'm going to get into some guys I do like this week. And at running back, I really like Ben Jarvis Green Ellis against the Raiders. Last week he had his best game of the year, and I believe he should have a good encore against the Oakland Raiders defense, who have allowed 12 touchdowns to opposing running backs and seven to reach double digits in fantasy points. Also, since we're talking about names that aren't really familiar, I like Ronnie Hillman of the Broncos. He's getting a chance to start for the injured Willis McGahee, and I like his chances against the Chiefs. There's plenty to like about Hillman, his breakaway speed, and the fact that he's done a solid job filling in for McGahee previously. And I was about, actually just about to ask you about that. The hottest pickup of the week, Ronnie Hillman. He's actually in my starting lineup. I can't wait. How about other guys like Jamin Parmel of the Jaguars? He's going to get extended Digging time. Digging deep over there, Kenny. Yeah, he's going to get extended time at running back projected this week for 14. Uh, you know, other other situations, you got the Colts with Vic Ballard and Donald Brown. Who do you think wins out that Colts battle, and who are you sitting, picking up? You know, what, what is your best advice at running back this week? Well, I do like Jalen Parmelay against the Houston Dallas, the Tennessee Titans this week. He was featured, he's a featured back for Jacksonville last week ahead of Rashad Jennings, and he had 24 carries for 84 for 80 yards and three catches for three yards. So he's obviously a big part of that offense now. With uh, Jennings, with, with uh, Maurice Jones too dropped down, and Jennings not really falling out of favor. So I like Parmalee, and I mean, Vic Ballard might be taking over as the lead rusher from Donald Brown at this point, but it's not really clear. So I would stay away from both Vic Ballard and Donald Brown until they figure that out, because, like I said earlier, with Spiller Jackson, 
with that two running backs in the equation, you know, there's not there's so many. There's only so many touches to go around. So I would stay away from him. But I do like Jalen Farmley for owners who want to check their fantasy wire. I would go take a look at him. The Mike Shanahan treatment. Stay away from all running backs. <laughs> uh, Steve, uh, let's talk about some wide receivers because. I know that Green Bay facing the Giants and a weak, weak secondary. You probably said to start A.J. Green when they played him a couple weeks ago. Uh, what are you thinking about the Packers wide receivers this week, namely uh, Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson? Well, the Giants defense obviously got exposed a few weeks ago by Cincinnati Bengals pretty badly and Andy Dolan. So why not Aaron Rodgers and his motley crew right now with the right. injuries? I mean, Randall, I mean, Aaron Rodgers obviously is a top-tier quarterback, and they're going to come up to play. They're going to come to play this weekend. I, I would get Randall Cobb in my lineup, obviously. But I'm going to shift away from the big names, and I'm going to talk about some names that aren't really familiar to many football fans. There you go. Cecil Short and Denario Alexander. All Cecil Short has done so far is produce as a type of fantasy owners to make him active in the majority of leagues. The Jaguars receiver has double digits in fantasy points in four of his past five games with 24 catchers with 437 yards and three touchdowns over that span. He has shown no letdown from Blaine Gabbert to Chad Henney, and I expect him to keep improving. Meanwhile, Alexander can finish the season as the best receiving option for the Chargers. In only three full games, he has 15 catches, 291 yards, and three TDs. Unbelievable. So, and he also has a great matchup this week against the Ravens defense, who have allowed five touchdowns to opposing receivers since Ladarius Webb went down. So there's a lot of options at receiver this week with injuries taking place and new guys rising up. Harry Douglas against the uh, against the Buccaneers, Golden Tate I like also. Ryan Broyles against the Texans. There's a lot of guys that you know not really big names, but go check that waiver wire. Now it's funny you mentioned that because I actually just picked up Denario uh, Alexander. Very excited about that. One guy who was on my roster though, and it's funny because you mentioned Cecil Shorts was Justin Blackman. I was waiting for him to have a breakout hmm. performance. Didn't want to drop him. I had a strange feeling he was going to have a good week. He has seven catches for 236 and a touchdown. Chad Henney finally threw him the ball. What do you expect out of him this week? Well, I mean, Justin Blackman is not someone that you really could expect a lot out of every week because, I mean, he's still a 22-year-old kid, a rookie. Obviously, he had a big week last week. But I do believe, you know, the kid's talented. And now with Chad Henney in there, who you know, looks a little bit better than Blake Gabbert, I'm sure he's getting a plenty of looks his way. And, I mean, if you have room in your lineup and Justin Blackman's a viable option, I would get him in there because the Jaguars have nothing to lose at this point. And I'm sure they want to see what their first-round pick has. Now, Steve, before we let you go, who would you sit at uh, at the wide receiver position? Well, there's a couple of big names we're going to sit this week. First, starting with Mike Wallace. He will have his third different starting quarterback in the past three weeks, and throwing passes to Wallace isn't too promising. To make things worse, you'll be seeing a lot of Joe Hayden of the Browns, and I just don't expect a good outing from him. And also, two more big names that I would bench. Both are teammates, by the way are Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin. It's been hard to trust Eagles receivers all year now, and now with Nick Foles in, they may have a hard time finding the ball. This week they play a Carolina defense that has only allowed seven touchdowns to opposing receivers, so I would get these big names on the bench, and I would scout the waiver wire. All right, Steve Seminary, weekly fantasy report. Steve, thanks a lot, uh, and enjoy the weekend. Thank you, guys. All right, take care, Steve. And uh, once again, Mac Rosenberg, Kenny Ducey here with a Week 12 post-Thanksgiving edition of One-on-One's NFL Friday. And, um, well, we're in, of course, the FUV League, and uh, you're doing pretty good, Kenny. You want, I, I, you want to talk a little bit about your team? 7-4 and four right now. I got, again, I had Stafford and Johnson. And Sanchez has 14 points last night, so 
I am whooping Kevin Sutcliffe right now. I, I think it's <laughs> 54 to 1. He had the Jets D. The Jets D was projected oh, to get negative D. 6 points. 57 to 1. Negative 1, actually. He has negative yeah. 1. Jets D was projected to get negative 5. I said, that's ridiculous. They'll get like maybe negative 1, negative 2. They got negative 6. I am points. fighting for a playoff spot in the FUV League, currently 6 and 5. All right, let's, uh, let's get to some picks now for Week 12. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions. And here we go. We'll do three games, toilet bowl and an upset. First game, Seattle at Miami. Seattle going to the cold weather. Uh, you know what? I like Seattle in this one. Miami, Tannehill. I can't rely on Tannehill right now. The Seattle, yeah, Seattle Seahawks look pretty good. Nick's taking Seattle. I'm taking Seattle. And uh, and uh, let's see who Julian. Julian is also taking Seattle. All right, here we go with Buffalo and Indy. We just talked a little bit about this game. Andrew Luck is back at home and needing a big win. I think he's going to get it. I got to go with Andrew Luck here. He's he's proven time and time again that he can get these games done. Uh, Buffalo, sorry about this one. Indy's taking it. Nick takes Indy. Julian takes Indy. Atlanta at Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay, man, they're high flying. They've won four in a row. They're six and four. But I got to go with Atlanta. You know what? It's tough. This one's really tough for me. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Just because wow. Atlanta. And that's not your upset. No, it's not. But they've <laughs> sputtered. They've sputtered a little bit. They've shown a little signs of weakness. Six turnovers to the Cardinals. When the Cardinals can do that to you, you got to be scared. Yeah, but Josh uh, Freeman, he looks very, very good. And so does Doug Martin, Tampa Bay. All right. Okay. And the Cardinals, by the way, are a team that, you know, they can do that to you. And you can still beat them because <laughs> that's how bad they are. Yeah. Um, toilet Bowl, team's got to win. A team has got to lose. Titans at Jaguars. Jaguars coming up, coming off a huge game against uh, the Houston Texans last week. I think they'll be a little hungover from that game. Maybe. I don't think so, though. I'm going to go with Jacksonville. Chad Henney. Wow. Veteran. He's got experience. Wow. He's got two wide receivers now, Blackman and Shorts. And he's got whatever his name is in the backfield. <laughs> Pamela, Pamela, whatever his name is. Yeah. I'm taking Jacksonville at home. Hey, come on. Jake Locker is the guy. Are the Titans going to lose this game? There's no chance. Three three percent chance. I'm putting that down right now. You like you like Jake Locker. I love Jake Locker. All right, upset time. You got an upset? I do have an upset. You're going to like it. It is St. Louis over Arizona. Those Cardinals somehow the Cardinals are starting a sixth round rookie, and somehow the Rams are not favored because, of course, they are on the road. All right. Um, I agree with you, by the way. I think the Rams are going to win. Sleeper upset, though. Oakland is due for a win. I'm, and that's where I'm going. I'm I gonna think gonna they could. Oh, all right. Oakland over Cincinnati. Nick with a very nice upset. He's going to take Minnesota over Chicago. Um, we'll see if Jake Cutler plays. Uh, he did practice again Minnesota's this week. always the underdog. Always. They're always I like an Min- upset I, pick. Well, they're in Chicago. I mean, it's never yeah. easy. All right. So, uh Solid pick segment there. Nick LeGerfo on the other side. Of course, many thanks to Julian Atienza, Joe Vitiello, Eric Malo, Mac Rosenberg, Kenny Ducey here. One-on-one's NFL Friday. And we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy some more turkey and enjoy your football. This has been One-on-one's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as the guys take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.